You're listening to the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast, where we focus on taking your passion and turning it into your profits. Join us for interviews with business experts, industry influencers, and more. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be doing our second part of the What Gyms Get Right That Other Gyms Get Wrong uh, series. Today, we are going to be talking about three things that cheer gyms get right that gymnastics gyms get wrong. Before we get into the episode, make sure you've headed over to All Star or you've headed over to Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Facebook group and you've joined that group if you're a gym owner. Make sure you answer the membership questions that will get us approving you much faster in that group. Uh, If you are not a owner or you're an owner and a coach, head on over to our All-Star Cheer Coaches and Owners Facebook group where we have all sorts of conversations going on as well. Those are both completely free groups where we have community, collaborating, giving great advice. There's a lot of really good stuff in both of those groups. Head over to nextgenowners.com to subscribe to our blog. And lastly, to make sure that you are registered for our conference June 23rd through the 25th in Dallas, Texas. It's going to be absolutely amazing. We have coaches tracks, owners tracks, managers tracks, academy only tracks if you're in the academy. So, so much really, really cool stuff that's going to be happening at that conference. And I don't want you to miss out. So make sure that you go and get registered for our conference in Dallas, Texas, June 23rd through the 25th. All right. So let's get into the episode. Again, as you know, from the counter episode, we are talking about things that some gyms get right that other gyms get wrong. Now, in this one, we're going to be talking about cheer gyms. Now, if you listened to the other episode, you know that I grew up in a gymnastics gym. That's actually where I got my start. And it wasn't until I got to high school that my mom said, hey, this gymnastics stuff takes up way too much time, so I want you to try cheerleading. Now, oops on her, I then became in love with the sport. It took a little bit of a shift for me. It wasn't right away, but then once I got the bug, I was fully committed and I was super busy with cheer. So it took up equal amounts of time, um, and here I am now, a few years later, still in the cheer game. So cheer is when I ended up where I ended up staying in my sport. And I've seen throughout the years there's a lot of similarities between gymnastics and cheerleading. Um, but they're not always exactly the same. And there are a number of differences. Now, these differences oftentimes are kind of industry-wide versus just the difference in the sport. And so we're going to be talking about the three things that I think cheer gyms get right, that gymnastics gyms get wrong. And this is not every single gymnastics gym. And some of this is going to be kind of commentary on gymnastics as a whole in terms of uh, some of the sport aspect of it and a disadvantage of it and how that impacts retention and things like that. But it is not a be all end all. And there are gymnastics gyms that don't do these things, just like there are cheer gyms that aren't super successful at accomplishing all of these. But in generality, 
these are things that cheer gyms get right, that gymnastics gyms get wrong. So what are the three things we're going to be talking about? Well, number one is cheer gyms have competitive options for athletes of all ages and abilities. Number two, they do a better job of making athletes feel like they are a part of something bigger. And number three, there are numerous gratification slash achievement points along the way. All right. So getting into each one and breaking them down so we can kind of talk through why I believe this. So in cheer gyms, cheer is typically competitively focused. Uh, Most cheer gyms start with some sort of a competitive aspect of cheer. And so they have competitive options for athletes of all ages and ability levels. The fact of the matter is, is most cheer gyms, we pride ourselves on if you have a pulse and you can walk and chew gum, we're going to find a team for you. We're going to, we're going to bring you in and, and get that revenue stream going. And it's a competitive option. Now in gymnastics, that's not so much the case. If you walk in and you walk in off the street and you have no background, you can't turn around and compete right away and start actually getting into the competitive atmosphere. You're going to have to train. You're going to have to take classes you're not going to be offered an opportunity to be on a team spot because those spots are very finite and limited. And that's even at the lower levels. So if you're coming in and you're starting at you know level one in gymnastics, you don't necessarily get to just start at level one out right out of the gate. Uh, you have to take classes. You have to do things to, to get to be invited to come be a part of teams. And so that is a advantage that cheer gyms have because we have all sorts of ways to get people started in the sport. Now, whether you compete the open score sheet or the United score sheet or USASF or WASF or whatever it is, the group that you compete with, there are still, again, so many different options. There is recreational competitive cheer uh, supporting teams on the sidelines, but also competing. Then when you start talking cheer gyms, you have novice cheer. Well, you have fundamentals, which is just performance-based, but it starts introducing some of that that performance and competitive side. Then you have novice, which isn't truly competitive, but you're starting to get judged and they get the same similar feeling to being a competitive team. Then you have prep, then you have elite level one, and then you progress through. They also have options for almost every age. So at a point that kids are potty trained and can follow basic instructions, you can start doing and participating in more of the competitive aspect of cheerleading, which is one of the exciting things. That's what gets kids hooked as opposed to just coming to classes and just tumbling, which can get kids hooked, but they're a lot more likely to get committed and stay when they're a part of that team environment and they're they're building those relationships and parents are seeing the kids performing. It is those things that continue to get kids coming back year over year over year. So cheer gyms, because they have these competitive options for athletes of all ages and abilities, one, you can start in competitive cheer at any point in your progression as a youth. Now, as an adult, it's a little bit harder. So when you're 18, if you decide you want to start doing competitive cheer, it's a lot harder to find a uh, level one open team to participate on. Um, Those don't really exist. But If you're between the ages of 14 and even older, like there are senior level one teams out there. So if you're 17 years old and you decide you want to start competing, there's probably a cheer gym around you that you can get and go and compete and get to go to 
prestigious events. Whereas in gymnastics, if you're 17 years old and you decide you want to get into competitive gymnastics, the likelihood is pretty much non-existent. I mean, most gymnastics gyms would say, sorry, you're starting too late. You can take classes, but we don't have a team spot for you. So that makes a big difference in terms of our ability to take anyone in off of the street and get them immediately involved on a higher um, price point, uh, a higher ascension level in our client ladder where they're paying us more money annually. On top of that, as I mentioned, you're getting people involved in teams. And when you're getting them involved in teams, you're doing a better job of making athletes feel like they are a part of something bigger. Now, this is partially just a disadvantage of gymnastics as a whole, but gymnastics is a lone sport. Yes, there are team categories to competition, and I talked about this in the previous episode, but you're competing by yourself. It is you against what the judges see. And There are some gyms that I think do a really amazing job of building a camaraderie amongst their team, uh, a family style feel amongst their competitive athletes. But I would say that's a little more rare in the gymnastics world. It's a little bit more competitive. You oftentimes may be competing against your teammates when it comes to individual placements uh, as you're competing at events. So you might have to go up against one of your teammates who is also competing in the level five division um, to see who's going to get first place on floor or first place on vault or whatever it is. In fact, I growing up, I was in a in a gymnastics gym and we did a really good job of building that familial environment. And we were very focused on kind of team first and then individual second. But my two best friends, Adam and Alan were way better at gymnastics than I was. They were just better than me. And I would compete against them early on before they far supersede me, superseded me in level um, and progress past me is I would compete against them and they would kick my booty all the time. So I was always fighting for third place and they were always first and second. And that was competing against the other gyms. So, uh, I know that that was, that didn't really great on me cause it didn't bother me at that point in my life. I wasn't maybe as competitive. Um, but cheer gyms build that, they, you feel like you're a part of a team cause you really are, you are an integral part of the team most of the time. And they also, most cheer gyms are trying to build a family style environment. There's a lot of conversation about family, about team, about commitment. And so it's making kids feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And that is something that kids crave. It is well known, well documented that human beings in general, and especially kids, They crave being a part of something that feels important and feels like they are a part of a bigger whole. This is why, this is why, I mean, it's, it's a, an analogy, right? It's not an exact, but this is why gangs exist is kids who are disenfranchised and don't have friends and don't feel like they're a part of something bigger. They seek out those groups because they give them that familial feel. They give them that, that purpose and that reason and that feeling like they are a part of something important. And we do the same thing in a much more positive uh, environment in cheerleading. And it's harder to get in gymnastics because it's an individual sport. And because it's so individualized and everyone's progression is so different, it becomes very easy to feel a little bit loner. Um, And you see this if you're a cheer gym owner, you see this when you get kids who convert over from gymnastics is you 
see those kids come on and they kind of struggle with the team dynamic at first because they're not used to it. They're used to like, yeah, I have teammates that I go to practice with, but at the end of the day, it's me and the beam or it's me and the uneven bars or me and the floor exercise and that's it. And if I don't throw a skill or I do something wrong, it only impacts me versus in cheer. If I do something wrong, it impacts the entire team. My my singular error could cost a team a win and that is a it's a heavier burden, but it's also... Uh, more exciting prospect because you need everyone to work together and you really become something larger than yourself. And that is what gets kids returning year over year over year is they feel like they are a part of something bigger. They feel like this is their second family and it's what helps retain athletes in a program. And number three, there are numerous gratifications and achievement points along the way in cheerleading. So in gymnastics, especially starting in classes, there aren't a lot of gratification points. Like, And I know we don't want to think about that. Like, Yes, kids are demanding. They are used to getting things right when they want them. And we can choose to say, well, you know, the world is messed up and it shouldn't be that way. Or we can acknowledge that the world is that way and we can find ways to incorporate it into our program. And if you look at just, just look at a video game, right? Video games have achievements that you can make throughout the game where you're not, you haven't beat the game yet, but you've achieved something. And like me as I play video games. It's one of my like relaxing things to do. I don't typically care too much about achievements. It doesn't really matter to me that much because that wasn't my uh, approach to life. Like that's not how I grew up. But my kids who play video games, they're all about it. They're all about unlocking this special skin or getting this badge next to their name. Like they care about it. That gives them that gratification for something that takes longer. And in a society where really good things take time, but kids want things now, having different gratification and achievement points along the way helps retain athletes in the sport. And in gymnastics, it's not uncommon to not you know, level up consistently early on. It takes years to move between level and level and level. And even in that, you're going to lose for a while and then you might win a couple events and then you're going to, you know, it takes three years to get through some of the levels. And even when you do, it's just kind of like, okay, next thing up. And in cheer, we do have those levels and those progressions, but there are so many different little points of recognition along the way that it keeps kids having accomplishments and and excited about their achievements and is what helps keeps kids coming back um, and kind of fulfills that gratification need. And I think it's achievable in gymnastics. It just hasn't been a focus because that's not what traditional gymnastics is. Traditional gymnastics, especially competitively, is like you go in, you work really hard, you work, you know, you train 25 hours a week, you work on your fundamentals and your fundamentals and your fundamentals and your fundamentals, and then you get to that reward later in life. You know, you're eating vegetables to be healthy versus cheer has a little bit of, you know, a little bit of, hey, yeah, we're going to eat our vegetables, but also like you get some ice cream, every, like you get a cheat day kind of thing where you you get to have these fun experiences, you get to have these achievements, you get to have these gratification points of, you know, even if you're a level one team, you get you can go to Summit, you can go to NCA Nationals, you can win these prestigious events and do these cool things that are really, really exciting that in gymnastics, you don't necessarily get the same feeling 
in the competitive aspect of it. And that makes a big difference in retention. The last thing that isn't on my my three, but this is kind of the number, this goes back to the competitive options for athletes of all ages and abilities, is one of the struggles that gymnastics has that cheer doesn't have in the same way is there is a critical point in gymnastics where girls quit. And and I, I specifically cite girls. Guys kind of have their point too, but it is more common in young women. And, and it is exactly at that point when they go from being little girls to young women. And that is because as their bodies grow and as their bodies change and their center of gravity shifts and their air awareness starts to change, anyone who's ever coached gymnastics or coached tumbling for a while knows what I'm talking about. There's that, that kind of, it can go, it can be a month, it could be six months. Sometimes it can be over a year where all of a sudden an athlete who used to be really, really talented is kind of lost. They're kind of discombobulated and they're struggling to progress and they're really having that challenge. And in gymnastics, there really isn't another option because if they can't, if they don't have their air awareness, if they don't know their center of gravity, they're kind of stuck and they, they can't go to another level. They can't re you know, find a new identity as a base or a backspot like you can in cheerleading, you're just kind of stuck. And that's where you see a lot of young gymnasts transition over to cheerleading because they can be successful even though they don't, they're, they're figuring that out. And there's a little bit more um, understanding in that aspect of it in the cheer world of, okay, well, you know, you don't have your, this skill right now, but you do this, this, and this well, or you can do this skill well, but you can't do this skill well. And that's okay. We'll work with it. And gymnastics kind of struggles because there's no, there's no like stop gap for that. Like what does gymnastics do when you have a kid who's, who's stuck like that in that moment? And the answer is there really isn't an option other than just keep working hard and work through it. And again, that is a challenge. Like do kids work through it? Yes. But that is a point where some kids give up and seek something new so they can get some gratification and they can feel valuable. And the disadvantage gymnastics gyms have is this kid's going to come over even with their lack of air awareness. It tends to happen like your level sixes, sevens, and eights who are at that age, they start struggling. They're, they are struggling to twist or they're, they're struggling to get those skills consistent. And they walk into a cheer gym and the cheer gym is like, you're amazing. You have so like your backhand springs perfect because they've drilled it so long. And so now they feel valuable and they feel important. And so boom, they're interested in making that shift. So that's one of the things that cheer gyms get right is they make kids who have athletic experience feel like they can use those athletic experiences in the sport. And it doesn't have to be gymnastics. If you come in and you were, uh, you've been a female wrestler your entire life and you're really strong, you're going to come in and that cheer gym is going to be like, you're amazing. Oh my gosh, look how strong you are. Like we can use you as a base. Or if you're a taller girl and you're strong and you're going to be a great backspot, like those gyms are going to make you feel like you're going to be important. And again, that's competitive options for athletes of all ages and abilities. But These are kind of the big three that I think are just important to be aware of. Now, if you're a gymnastics owner, you can begin to bottle up this magic. This is not some like secret recipe. I'm I'm telling you this because I think you can take advantage of all of these things. Imagine if you could get your, your rec kids to come in and those rec kids that were coming in 
because you guys are great at the rec side of things across the board in gymnastics. You kill it. You understand how important that is. So imagine if you could do like what cheer gyms do, where like 80% of those kids that are coming in and taking recreational classes, you know, are going to ascend to a higher level of some sort of a competitive athlete that's going to pay you more than classes, whether that be going into a, uh, a lower level competitive program to then moving up to being your elite team kids. And that's how cheer gyms look at those rec kids coming in. They're not just revenue, but those are your future kids who are going to go to worlds. Those are your future elite athletes. This is just where they're starting. And they're starting out at that, that initial level. And we know that a large number of them are going to get the bug and convert over. And imagine if you could do that. Imagine if you could bottle that magic and you can achieve that but it's going to take some some groundwork. It's going to take some reinventing of your product and making sure that it meets those needs and it's it's capitalizing on those three things that cheer gym owners are doing well or, or cheer gyms are doing well. And, and you're doing that within your own gym while still coloring in the lines of what gymnastics is and not losing some of the things that you do so well that cheer gyms struggle with. Now, this is a point where I would highly suggest you have a coach, someone who can help you as a business owner work your way through these things. It can also be a strategy session with your staff. You guys can listen to this podcast and you can discuss how you can create these things in your own gym. And you can absolutely be coming to our conference and picking people's brains and learning what cheer gyms are doing and then using that to backwards engineer how you apply it to your gymnastics gyms. And vice versa, cheer gyms talking to gymnastics owners and figuring out how to bottle some of the magic that they have in terms of getting more recreational athletes and progressions and all those amazing things that the gymnastics gyms are doing. So there's so many things that we can learn from one another. And both, both businesses are similar but unique and they do some really cool things that we can both benefit each other and really learn a lot from one another. So as you leave this episode, what I would like you to do, I know I always assign you something to like write down. I want you to write down what of the three things that you're getting right in your business and what you're not getting right. And it could be all three or it could be one of the three or all three. Uh, so it, it all depends, right? You Whatever you write down, write it down, write it out. Okay, these are the three things Dan was saying and check, we do this well, we do this well, and we don't do this well, right? And then brainstorm those things that you aren't doing as well, or those things that you need to do better, or those things that you don't do at all, brainstorm with your business partner, with your staff. You know How can you strategize how to incorporate this into your program and utilize it to grow your length of engagement, getting your members to stay longer? How can you get people to ascend to a higher paying level? How can you utilize this to grow your program and grow your revenue and grow the opportunities that you provide for the youth in your community. All right. There are so many great things that you can take from these little nuggets of knowledge you can use from other industries that service supporting sports for our youth. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you know someone who would get something great out of it, make sure you share it with them. Send it off to a business owner who needs to hear these messages, gymnastics or cheer or any sport. I don't care. And then if you love this episode, you've got to check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins. Absolutely phenomenal content. Great friend. 
great presenter. Um, and just everything he talks about is so fun. His episodes are always really entertaining. So you got to make sure you check those ones out as well. And Jason's actually going to be presenting at our conference. So if you've ever wanted to meet Jason, you need to make sure you get registered for conference. If you've ever wanted to meet and talk to me, you're a listener who I haven't met yet, come to conference. I will be there. You get to meet me. We get to talk and kind of build that relationship. So don't, don't hesitate to reach out. Don't hesitate to email and certainly don't hesitate to get registered for conference. With that, everyone, I hope you enjoyed the Jeff Benson episode. If you haven't listened to it yet, it was an absolutely phenomenal interview. So much great knowledge that he was dropping for us all there. So if you haven't listened, go back and listen to that one. It was a great one. And with that, we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.